This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. On this episode, we're going to take a look at the free agent pile and talk about some guys that are still out there that are hard to explain why they're still out there and some teams that we think might need to kick the tires, bring this guy in and help out uh, their offense or their defense. But before we do, we all just wanted to say and give our congrats to Tunch Elkin, who's announced his retirement from broadcasting Mm -hmm. with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Absolute legend for the Steelers on the field and an even bigger legend, I would say, for the Steelers off the field in his broadcasting career. What a great honor it was for all three of us to get to work with them, Tunch Mm -hmm. and Wolf, up close and personal uh, before he decided to hang it up. But He'll live forever. His legacy will live forever. Mm-hmm. Absolute legend. He is retiring to focus on his fight against ALS. We wish him, of course, the best. We'll be thinking about him always as he takes on that fight. But great honor to be around Tunch. And, and uh, like, you never know what these people are like behind the microphones. All three of us grew up rooting for this team, listening to Tunch on the radio, and then to work with the guy. Yeah. And you just, you never know really, you know, when the mic's off, what are they going to be like? He's even better than you could even imagine to be around. Just an absolute great person and really warm soul. And it always made you feel better when you were around him. No doubt. Um, and I think that's the one thing that you'll hear a lot about Tunch, and it's what you've seen a lot on, and it's on all social true. media. And it's it, all oh, true. it is. I mean, um, you know, you can talk about all the things he did as a player and how good of a broadcaster he is and, and all that good stuff. You, you can say that, but... I think he's an even better man. I mean, I think that much is, is obvious. All the charity work that he does, all the type of stuff that he does off of the field. He and Wolf both, really. Right. Um, They're staples. They are. Years. And, I mean, but Tunch is such a good guy. I mean, I've never, honest to God, in the three years of working with him, I've never heard him say anything bad about anybody. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he might be joking about an NFL player or something like that, but off this behind the scenes he's an even better man than he is a broadcaster or a player i mean it's, it's never hard it's to work truth. with ever at all i mean no. just the total no. definition of like what a you think a player would be just tell him where to go what to do and he's there without right. any complaint about it. he's he was awesome and yep really to peel back the curtain a little bit when we all started i mean the the first gig that you do when you break into is working, pittsburgh is Tunch working the tunch and wolf show whether that be on the on-site engineering mm-hmm. side or by running the boards for an entire season, one of my first full years working for iHeart here, it was just going to the south side and being their on-site engineer for the entire week. It was a blast. It was so much yeah. fun. You get donuts with Wolf. And they <laughs> have all their friends that come in and bring them yep. all this food. And it's 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 just an honestly great experience, and it wouldn't be a great experience without those two guys behind it. They and make it Tunch especially. They make it so great. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. And and you know, I mean, I know this is a small thing, but you don't really hear it a lot. Um, you know, on national radio and things like that. Like, for example, you know, Jacob did their show this year, and, and after every show, Tunch would always say thank you to you. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. It's the Absolutely. it's the small stuff. You know, you don't really think about that, and that seems really minuscule and, and you know, kind of like, oh, you know, whatever. But at the same time, he does it every single day. Without, I, sat, without, I sat in there. Yeah, you would be in here waiting to go on with Stan, and without skipping a single day, it was always ending the show with gratitude to the people who made it possible, like you and I. And it, it was just never, he could never end a show without showing gratitude to others. 
and one thing that is so underrated about Tunch and Wolf is they didn't shy away from bringing kids like us onto the air. Right. Right. They if didn't they needed ask a for fact professionals. Check, yeah, right. if they needed a fact checked, if they needed something, it wasn't, hey, Tommy, look that up and then tell us at the break. It was once you have it, crack your mic and mm -hmm. go on the air on our show and tell us what we screwed up, what right. we got right. And when you're so young and breaking into broadcasting, I mean, whether you want to do the production side whatever you're getting into the sales the promo side i think a little bit of us always want to just try that on the air Absolutely. see what that feels like and for them to be such a good safety net and allow you to do that i mean no not no offense to anybody else but i don't not many other talent in this market would let a kid do that no. they without hesitation crack the mic yep give your two cents or tell us what we got wrong be our fact checker it yeah. was, it's just a ton of fun and it was a great experience to start so tunch Congratulations, man. I'm like sure I said, we'll see him around the office. He, he's not going to be shy away from the Steelers organization. And like I said, you are an absolute legend. Mm -hmm. You legacy as both a Steeler and a broadcaster will live forever. I mean, you, Hillgrove, and Cope were the, the tandem. Yeah. Like Jacob said, we all grew up with all them said, yeah. being the voice of the Steelers football. Mm -hmm. So absolute legend, Tunch, and congratulations on your retirement. Getting back into football, though, because that's what Tunch would want to. He'd want us mm -hmm. yeah, to talk oh, yeah. about football. Nothing, no one loved talking about the game of football like him anyway. Free agents for the 2021 season. There's still a lot of names out um, on that, that scrap heap, uh, including a guy recently added by head coach Ron Rivera in Washington. Tackle Morgan Moses is now all of a sudden on that market. And that's a guy that really shoots up to maybe the number one guy out there i mean there's a lot of teams that i think could definitely need his services Steelers um, could <laughs> they could but the cap probably just I, will I not work Steelers only have about seven million dollars in cap space right now but guys like i i, I mean the browns have a ton of cap they don't need them because their line is already so yeah, so solid maybe a team like the chargers 20 million in cap space just to bring it but they just drafted slater in, in yeah. the first round so they're pretty much out on him uh, I, I don't know if a team like the Jaguars or the Jets want to just – they have a ton of cap space, but you're trying to build around rookies the next couple right. of years. Do you really want to just right out of the gate swing for Morgan Moses that you know is good, but, I mean, he's not a game-breaker, and no. he's getting up there in his age. So He'll protect your number one asset if you're the Jets or the Jags and, and Lawrence and, and, and uh, Wilson. Right. But does that automatically make you – you know, a, a better team. Does that, you know what I mean? Like, and will he be there for the, you know, their rookie contracts, their entire rookie contracts? I don't know, maybe. But like you said, is it a game breaker? Is it a move that puts you over the top? No, but it, it does It does protect your biggest asset. There's a decent amount of tackles out there on that market still. Mitchell Schwartz still on the market. Russell Okung mm -hmm. still on the market. Rick Wagner from uh, formerly of Green Bay still on the market. And I, I think they're going to have some trouble finding spots on teams. Mm -hmm. I, I think that these guys are still out there because the teams that need that help don't have the cap space for the money that they're looking for. Or at least if they spent on them, there'd be nothing else they could do. Yeah. It'd be limiting them completely so. I think these guys gonna have to swallow some some ego and take a little bit of a pay cut if they want to find themselves on a roster that's gonna at least be you know gearing towards trying to win now. And it's unfortunate for them too because if last year wasn't what last year was and the cap wasn't, you know what I mean? Sure, there were sure. gonna be teams, teams regardless. Would have more money to spend. Though. Yes, and sure, there was gonna be teams regardless that were low on the cap or were you know backed up against the cap. I mean, cap casualties happen every year. Don't get me wrong, 
But it's unfortunate for this group of guys because of the fact that, you know, a guy like Mitchell Schwartz or, you know, Okung or Moses. Or Moses yeah, it was surprising that Schwartz was even let go from the Chiefs. Right. I mean, that, you know, it just is the unfortunate situation, the unfortunate reality of what, you know, last year was and all the, you know, all, and we're still kind of feeling the effects mm-hmm. of it. The NFL is still feeling the effects of it because of this. And it's unfortunate, too, because we, if we fast forward, you know, 12 calendar months and we're sitting here in June of 2022, um, guys are going to be making buku money. You know what I mean? Right. Like they're oh, going to be yeah. making crazy money and it's probably going to be lesser guys than what is still out there. You know what I mean? Just because of the fact that teams are going to have so much more money to spend. Looking at some corners that they're at the top of the list, Steven Nelson, a lot of people have him as the number one. A lot of people have Richard Sherman as the number one. Those two kind of flip flop between who's the best still available in the free agent market. But I think these are two guys that, any contending team would love to have uh, on their roster. And the problem I think that they're coming in is I'm looking at, as I go down the list and I'm looking at, you know, teams that they would, they too would be interested in because I don't think Richard Sherman wants to go to Jacksonville for a year. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think Steven Nelson has any interest in playing for the Denver Broncos uh, for a year. The best team with the most cap space is the Cleveland Browns, but they're pretty set in that secondary spot. I mean, it's almost like the Browns have so much money they could sign any every anybody they want, but they don't need to. they don't really need anybody else anymore. They've obviously made their big splash by bringing in Genevieve Clowney and trading for Josh Johnson with the Rams, so or signing Josh Johnson, mm-hmm. formerly of the Rams. So I think they're pretty much done. So that leaves teams like I don't know if maybe the Colts want to kick the tires on a Richard Sherman or a Stephen Nelson. They have some cap space that they could play with if they want to help that secondary out. For them, I think a team that definitely would look into Steven Nelson or Sherman would be the Bills as a guy who can line up opposite of Tredavious White and be the second fiddle to him and be a I mean, really that's the good one piece fiddle. they're missing is that second in the fiddle. secondary, yeah. They only have $9 million in cap space. That's only a couple million more than the Pittsburgh Steelers have, so how much more money could Steven Nelson get from them? But I think it would be a, a good fit. You know, I... It's just so tough. It's like you're just trying to squeeze every cent you can off of these guys' contracts at this point because it's almost like teams are playing chicken with them where mm-hmm. it's you just keep waiting and waiting and waiting. And you know, closer that you get to training camp, more players are going to get a little tight and say, well, I don't have a contract next year. I yet. would like, like one. I don't yeah. really – like I understand that I'm trying to get what I think is worth and what the market right. dictates I should sign, but, but now that we're sitting here and it's July 12th, say, and training camp's only a couple weeks away, like I don't know where my income's coming next right. year. So I, you can get guys to kind of knock a couple million off the price tag there. So with a lot of these high-priced free agents or quote-unquote high-priced free agents, the best ones still around, I think a lot of it is just a waiting game to find – you know when they're gonna f- come down from their offer because teams just aren't gonna spend the money that they're looking for, especially like you said with the cap not doing anything this year because of the pandemic in 2020. Uh, yeah, I mean it, it's an unfortunate situation for these guys, and yeah, like you said, you're a lot of them are going to have to swallow a little bit of pride, especially if we get like you said a month from now and training camp's coming up. I don't have a contract. I would like to have a contract. I would like to be, yeah, I would like to be employed this year. I would like to get paid for you know playing football this year um but yeah i mean it, it's an unfortunate uh situation for him and i i have a pretty good feeling that a lot of them um at least the corners you know sherman nelson even a guy like brian Poole will find a job just because of the fact that you know y- are you going to take are you going to 
are these guys going to sit on the market? I don't think so, just because they could still really help a, a, a team. I mean, you look at Steve Nelson. Uh, I mean, we, we've had the debate before. If you're the Steelers, do you knock on his door? I know you can't give him what you want or what he wants, but at the same time, for a month from now, and he doesn't have a job still, you know, will he cave and, and would he come back to the Steelers? Maybe, who knows? But that's the situation that a lot of these guys are going to be in. Like, you're going to have to take some money off to be able to be employed this year. Um, and quickly, I know in our, our last episode, you know, I mentioned um, how the Steelers brought in a free agent and, and, and talked with him, um, and that might affect uh, Trey Norwood possibly making the team. That guy is uh, Malik Hooker. Uh, apparently, yeah. he was here in Pittsburgh yesterday, met with the Steelers, um, which I really do like that move. I mean, I don't know what his market value is off the top or anything like that, but I really would like that because it adds some depth to the safety position. And That's some veteran yeah, style I mean, play. He's 25 years old. I yeah. know I know that Hooker hasn't stayed healthy a lot in his career, and I understand well, that's that. That's how a 25-year-old with his pedigree gets out of the exactly, market. Exactly, like right. But at the same time, if we've seen him at the same time when he is healthy, he's an absolute game breaker. Like he's a guy that can make a ton of plays. Um, you know, I, I, when I went to college at Westminster, I saw him play in high school. You know what I mean? Like I, I saw him play basketball in high school too. He's an unbelievable athlete. Um, and, and he's a local guy, which would be a cool story, obviously. Um, but he adds some depth to that safety room. And Oh, by the way, he can play a little bit of the nickel. We saw him in Indianapolis, you know, be versatile. He wasn't just a safety. He could move around a little bit. Um, you know, could he, maybe you know you know a weird way like replace what hilton does and, and and be kind of a blitzer that sort of thing maybe i'm not saying that's you know his specialty or anything but it definitely adds some depth to you know a, a position group that we've talked about that isn't deep at all i mean and oh by the way if he stays healthy is malik cooker a better player than Terrell edmonds you know i don't know i mean they they've played similar um you know they've been in the league for similar a uh, similar time I mean, they're both first round picks, but at the same time, you know, if, if Edmonds, you know, this year, isn't that great. And you bring hooker in, it may, maybe makes it a little easier to say, okay, Terrell, you've been good for us, but we have a cheaper option. You know, I, I like the idea of Malik hooker being in the black and gold. I think he's so young. I love it. I, I don't you know, think there's, like, I mean, other than the possibility of being injury prone and bringing that here. I don't think there's a downside to this addition. No, and I think the injury prone thing works in your favor there because you can get, get him for the cheap. Now. Yeah, I agree. Again, you don't too often find 25 year olds who played <laughs> college ball at Ohio State, right? Ohio State player, Ohio Hooker? State. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. you don't find those guys too he often. He was on the, the uh, national championship team when they first won it. You don't in, find in the first them national championship with tournament? free agency at that age often in the NFL, um, and when you do. They're usually a bust, but there are the rare occasions where it's an injury that has team giving up on him. So the Colts gave up on Willie Hooker. Maybe the Steelers can snag him up and kind of give him a career renaissance. But another guy who is still available, and we talked about him a little bit before on one of our previous episodes of Steelers Standard, is Brian Poole, the cornerback formerly from the New York Jets. He's 28 years old, so he's getting up there kind of, but it's a guy that's not going to break the bank for you if the steal if you're the Steelers. Uh, $7.8 million in cap space available to play with. You can definitely work out a deal with Brian Poole for a couple years that will get that hit in a manageable range that you can mm-hmm. do. Uh, he's a guy that's got a ton of experience playing in the slot. A lot of the talk has been, what do you do when you have to go nickel? Are you bumping Cam Sutton into the slot and bringing in James Pierre, Justin right. Lane, maybe even Shakur Brown, who knows, to be the outside guy? 
well, you don't even have to right, do that to much moving it. pieces around if you sign a guy like Brian Poole, who is just your role is to come in, be in the slot, and be the number one guy there anytime we go nickel. So uh, I think it's a no-brainer for the Steelers. I think it's a guy that fits an absolute need. I don't think he's going to be too expensive. I think he's on the right side of 30. I, all the boxes here are getting checked. Yeah. No, I mean, I agree with you. It's something that you know they should absolutely look into if you're the Steelers. That's uh, As we've said, that's a position group that you need. I mean, it's a position that you need, obviously, and it doesn't force you to move guys around. Um, and maybe play, you know, you're forcing to play a, G, a guy like James Pierre possibly in more snaps. Is that something that you really want to do? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think that it is. But, um, yeah, I mean, it allows you to, you know, to uh, bring in a guy that, yes, as you said, isn't he's not a world beater, but it does make a lot of sense. And will they do it? I don't know. I mean, has there really been a, a lot of talk about them bringing in pool? No, um, it doesn't look like it. I mean, I don't know. Maybe the Steelers are thinking that, you know, if you bring Malik Hooker in, you don't have to move as many guys around either. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can use him not to be in a slot corner role. I'm not saying that, but, you know, to be versatile because we've seen uh, Malik Hooker at least be versatile before. Maybe they're thinking that uh, maybe it's maybe it's all about the money aspect of it, too. Maybe Hooker's cheaper. I don't know. Um, but when you look at it, it just seems like at this point, Hooker's the more the more likely option just because of the fact that they've brought him in. Although, Tom, I right. understand what you're saying that pool. I mean, when you look at pool, it makes a lot of sense because of the fact that you don't really have a slot corner right now and you're forced to move guys around when you do use your slot corner. Any interest in maybe kicking the tires on some edge rushers that are still out there on the market? Maybe like a Justin Houston. I know he's 32 years old, so he's on the back nine as far as his he's on the back of the back nine as well as far as his career is concerned. <laughs> i think he's on like the 36th hole the, but the, like i mean we just talked about in our previous episode about quincy roche being a solid right. edge rusher with so do you take the pressure Heisman. off of that and i don't think guy? i don't think what's the point of kind of putting roche more deeper into the depths of the death chart to bring in a guy like houston when you can have a younger option a faster option possibly in roche and finally, before we move on to uh, the last topic I want to talk about in this episode, Julio Jones-related, Le'Veon Bell's still on the market as a free agent. He's been kind of going off on Twitter lately, kind of reeks Shocker. of a guy kind of reeks of a guy who's panicking a little bit, right? Like he's kind of just latching outward and being like, no, they screwed up when the Steelers didn't sign me, or being like, uh, whoever signs me, I'm going to show them this year. This year's the year. It <laughs> okay, seems like a guy who's really – sitting there looking at himself in the mirror and wondering how in the hell did it get to the point where three years ago I was the first team all pro and now I can't even get a phone call from a team and everybody else is like well dude we've been telling you for those three years how it's getting to that point but you didn't want to listen to us yeah. now I feel like he's just having a crisis and he's tweeting out and lashing out at the Steelers and lashing out at people on Twitter who say that he blew it because he's saying oh I didn't blow it I didn't blow anything team's gonna come and I'm gonna be a beast in 2022 is this a case of a career being over? It might be, dude. And you know, I saw this tweet the other day, and maybe it was in in um, in response, kind of He's to what twenty nine years about. old. Would you have ever thought his no. career would be done before thirty? No. no, not at the not at the rate he was playing with the Steelers. I mean, if you just looked at his career with the Jets, maybe Even going to the Jets, though, I thought, I yeah, mean, he's got it. He's gonna. I thought he was gonna be good. I mean, no, I hear you. Um, but at the same time, I mean, the thing that that blows my mind is. You know, I saw this tweet and it was something along the lines of like, 
did Lev Bell make one of the worst, you know, business decisions in a, from a football perspective? I ever? believe so. I think he might have. Like, I think you know, that's, I'm not. That's 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 a betting on yourself risk. And you know, it's a shame. It flops. It's gonna be Lev Bell's name attached to that. I think the guy's name should be attached to it. And I'm failing miserably in my own point by not knowing it off the top of my head. Is his agent? Is oh, Adisa Bakari? Yeah. I think was his name. Adisa Bakari. That's the guy who should be the person that's on blast right. because that's who was in Lave's Bell's ear saying, like, oh, you'll oh, get your dude. money. Yeah. yeah, you'll get your money. Like, he, he was the one giving him a bad advice. Oh, don't take the $14 million guaranteed where you, when you sign the bottom line, your bank account has all of that money in it, no matter what happens, because that's not good, man. Because yeah. if you get injured tomorrow, then it's over. They're not going to pay you. Well, he's not getting paid at all. He's really. not getting I mean, paid. He, right. he left fourteen million on the table, and now he's not getting paid at all. So. Right, really dumb business decision. There's no question about it. It might be one of the worst ever. Um, I mean, and I, I'm, I'm that might be not just in football. That might be in all of sports. You know, I'm not saying it's it's bad as like the Pirates still play, paying Bobby Bonilla. You know what I mean? Like, what is it? A million dollars every year until like 2020 yeah, the or the Mets. I mean. Paying him till 2029 or whatever the hell like it 2032 is. 2032 or whatever something. it is. Yeah. Like, Day. It's not that. It's not that it's dumb. coming up. But at the same time, it's really dumb. I mean, and as you said, Tom, his agent should really face more of the blame. It's not, it's not, Lev, Lev Bell didn't make the decision by himself. No, you know what I mean? Someone was in his someone ear. Someone was in his ear telling him that. And I mean, it's very clear at the time when he left the Steelers and didn't want to show up that someone else was in his ear because it seemed like, at least when he spoke, that he wanted to come back, at least early on he did, then obviously he changed his tune. But yeah, man, that's it's a shame too, because realistically speaking, like he was one of the better running backs that I think us three oh, yeah. had seen play for that what three year stretch. Everyone said who was watched I mean, guys in the NFL, reporters of the NFL, fans of the NFL said there has never been a running back with that kind of style of his patience. And that that was the key word there that everyone attributed to his game was the patience. No one perfected the patient running style like Le'Veon Bell did. And it was unprecedented, right? You had guys like Derrick Henry or Adrian Peterson who were run down your throat type of backs. You had speed guys, of course, who could just break it to the outside and go for 70 yards on the outside on the sidelines. But there was no one who would just literally stand still can't. Behind the offensive line, it's and like you wait, hit pause on your TV, right, and, and wait for a hole to open. And even if the hole didn't open, he could still do. And I always think back to that one game in San Diego, on the goal to go to win the game. There wasn't like a big hole for him to to really run through, but his ability to kind of just jump through, like he always would just lift his leg a little bit higher than you would see running backs do, unless it was a hurdle. But somehow he was able to just keep stride and lift his legs above guys who were pushing through the opposing defensive line. Yeah, there was no guy who did it as well as Lev Bell did. And Kellen and I always talk about the Jacksonville game, the one touchdown catch he had. He was brilliant in the pass in the, in the passing game. He, I mean, I don't know exactly what the numbers were, but Alvin Kamara now has set the standard for, for running backs who can catch 500 yards and rush for 1,000. But before Alvin Kamara... It was Le'Veon Bell who was as versatile as it as it came for a running back, and now he might be out of the league. And now he may. How old is he? Twenty nine. Twenty nine years old. Amazing. I mean, people were saying too how how great Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown did for getting out of the Steelers. Antonio, it was the Antonio Brown versus Le'Veon Bell Super Bowl, but Le'Veon Bell, I mean. He had nothing to do with that Super Bowl at all. Not at all. Zero. Antonio Brown caught a touchdown Not pass and was a part of the Buccaneers offense. When he when he Bell left played the Jets, for a couple of games in the regular season, and I right. think he got a couple snaps in a playoff. I think game he got one touchdown all year long. 
Brown was a legit contributor to the Buccaneers Super Bowl. One touchdown with the Chiefs. Literally just a passenger. Yeah. On that. Absolutely. I don't even think he deserves a ring. It's it's BS that they would even give him one. Is it possible he doesn't get one in terms of time played? I think he gets one. Do you think he's gonna feel good about it? He's gonna. Oh, he feels great. Yeah. He feels like he won a Super Bowl. He feels like he will be the Twitter profile will say Super Bowl champion for as long. As he lives. I mean, but Le'Veon Bell doesn't have a ring. That's for that's for sure. He does though. Le'Veon Bell? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure he gets a ring. With the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah, just for being on the roster. Yeah. He was on the roster, yeah. He should be a Super Bowl champion. The Chiefs just lost a Super Bowl to the Buccaneers. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know what I meant by that. Yeah. That was me having a brain fart there. I thought you were talking about AB. I'm an idiot, too. Let's move on to Julio Jones. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. New odds are out for the teams that are the favorites to get him. The top five. The Raiders are plus 900. It's pretty long odds. The Ravens are plus 550. It's not terrible, but I don't think it's going to happen in Baltimore. New England at plus 300. Plus 200 for the Tennessee Titans. Plus 150 for the Seattle Seahawks. That's pretty close to even money odds for Seattle. Vegas telling us something that we might not know. Is there wins moving in the direction to a Seattle Julio Jones trade? Because let me tell you, if you put Julio Jones and DK Metcalf on the same field together... Good luck opposing defenses. That's like bringing Antonio Brown into the Buccaneers with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin already on the roster. And I don't understand how they'd have the capital to get it done. Yeah. But, man. Because you're already spending so much money on your quarterback. How could you be pissed off if you were Russell Wilson anymore with your team going out there and grabbing Julio Jones for you? That's... You know who wouldn't be happy if they saw that? Aaron Rodgers. You don't think he would be happy? Because we've been <laughs> the, saying the, on this say, No, no, no. I'm saying if he saw from a distance oh, Seattle yeah, say, Russell, we know you've been unhappy with us. Here's a birthday present. Here's Julio Jones. Packers sitting at number seven on this list of odds that I'm looking at, at plus 1,100 to land him. And we've said on previous episodes that if you were the Green Bay Packers GM, I mean, this is your – Mona Lisa, right? Like, this is you, you go all in, you risk your entire career on bringing in Julio Jones, trading whatever draft capital is needed to bring him in and pair him with Devontae Adams and have that two headed monster for the next couple years with Aaron Rodgers and just Mm -hmm. roll the dice and say, All right, I'm betting on my career for the next two years. If this pans out and we win a Super Bowl, I'm a genius. I get a new contract and I'm the GM that brought another Super Bowl to Green Bay. If, it fails, I get fired, but like mm-hmm. I feel like you'd sleep well at night if you got fired if it didn't pan out if the move that you made was a couple first round picks for Julio Jones. Like I feel like you wouldn't really regret that. So, you know, if you were the Packers GM, yeah, I would go all the way in on this trade and just tr- cuz Why not? What what would be a better pair in your guys' eyes? Devontae Adams and Julio Jones or DK Metcalf and Julio Jones? Well, I got to say it's Cuz I got to Guess I, that I, I if go, you were the Seahawks, go, you would have to send Tyler Lockett back to Atlanta, right? Right. Which is that's that's you would issue. have to though yeah, assume that that issue. would be part of it, right? Whereas Green Bay, they're going to do everything they can to keep Adams. If so somehow here's the, here's the logic I was going with it. I was thinking Devontae Adams and Julio Jones is a pair, but I was thinking somehow that Seattle kept Tyler Lockett. What what overall good does that do other than for Russell Wilson? Bring Julio onto that now crowded three-man 
wide receiver core. Well, it also gets down to like kind of what you said about Joe Burrow with Jamar Chase. Like, all oh, this is great, but do they have enough time mm-hmm. to get 20 yards yeah. down the field before the quarterback's getting hit? You know, you, you can't just play with fantasy football players. You need that line to back it up. So, yeah, no. I mean, but Russell Wilson's an, an evasive quarterback. He, he can he's, He does as good of a job as anybody is escaping collapse pockets. Finally. Do you think he's on a different team next year, Julio, or do you yeah, think he's a Falcon? Yeah, I, I, I can't imagine. This is just like the Aaron Rodgers news. I mean, these guys want out. They don't want to play for their original team. And it's a lot easier to trade a receiver than it is a quarterback. Of course. When your franchise quarterback says he wants out, that's a complicated move. When your franchise receiver says it, you can make that happen. It's, an, just, it's an easier move to make, but for some reason I think that at least week one he'll still be a Falcon. Falcon. Wow, yeah. okay. I, I mean, I, I don't so like maybe that. The, maybe I, by the end – by the, the end of deadline. the 2021 season, right? By the trade by the, deadline. By the end of the season, I think he'll be somewhere else. Okay. But I don't. Something about it just makes me feel like he's going to be there, and I don't like that. I mean, I, I'm not confident in that, but that's just that would point. have to him being somewhere else would be predicated on. I mean, Falcons start off four and zero. He's not going anywhere for the or, rest of yeah, the season. Uh, right, you know right, I mean? right. But if they're one and three out uh, of the gate, then sure, the trade talks heat up. But he might have more value now than ever. So a lot yeah, of things that need to that. be weighed by the Falcons GM. But that's going to do it for this episode of Steelers Standard. Maybe by the next time we record an episode, Julio Jones will be on a different team where we can spend an entire episode talking about that. Thanks for listening to this one. You can check out all of our stuff at Steelers.com. Just look for Steelers Standard under the podcast page. For Jacob Recht and Kellen I'm Tom Opperman. Thanks as always, and we'll talk to you next time.